<laughs> hey, I'm Rich. And I'm Ruben. And welcome to Clarity, where we discuss the ideas and experiences that shape how we think and live. And today we have with us our friend and colleague, Mr. Joe Peretti. Hi, Joe. Hi. And today we are here, not in a usual locale. Nope. We are here in Orangeburg, South Carolina at the South Atlantic Conference of Seventh-day Adventists Retreat Facility. What's it called? It has a name, doesn't it? Yeah, River Oaks, I guess. River Oaks, yeah. Yeah. It functions, um, we're using it um, as, so the three of us here, we are all quote unquote interns. We're not yet ordained, even though we're serving as ministers and pastors. It's funny um, when I say it in Spanish because or- ordained means ordenado, which means it's, you're organized. Yeah. And when you're not ordained, you're disorganized. Yes. So we, I just joke around with my church members saying, I'm actually disorganized. disorganized. <laughs> so yeah, actually some of the gear we're using is, sorry, I'm just about to change the subject. That's that's you being disorganized, actually. You forgot your... because yeah. I'm not ordained. Yeah. Yeah. So Elder Lamb, who's the HR for South Atlantic Conference, has been very generous and helping us uh, borrow some equipment. And uh, so huge things to him. We're using a room. I mean, they've been really accommodating and we've been yeah, talking. Otherwise we'll be outside recording with phones and. Yeah. You know. No. <laughs> <laughs> Go record a squirrel. It's like, like recording outside. It's like you're chasing squirrels trying to get recording and some birds. Yeah. And yeah. No. So anyway, that small talk is pretty lame. Joe, how are you doing, man? Doing pretty well. Cool. I'm homesick. I'm yeah. to go home. To home to whom? Uh, my wife and my child. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, guys, my if you bed. guys don't know Joe, <laughs> my bed. <laughs> Joe's a pastor over in Raleigh, and you do more than just Raleigh, right? Yes, I have uh, four churches. I am the associate pastor for the main Raleigh church, the Raleigh Seventh Adventist Church. Not very creative. Um, actually, used to be. Raleigh First Seventh Day Adventist. It's really weird. Um, it's different names. I have a question about that. You guys, you know, <laughs> what what do you call First Church at some some churches like Raleigh First or something First? That's not an Adventist thing, I'm sure. It's not. And why? Do you um, know why? The story I've heard is basically there'd be an establishment of a church, and then a, another church would be established for that domination for those of another. Of the uh, basically, the blacks wouldn't be allowed to worship, and so they formed their own church, and the white church would call themselves First Church. But I think that's been redeemed in a lot of ways because there's several churches that are First Church as far as Seventh Day Adventists go, yeah. and um, but the Seventh Day Adventist First Church in several cities is a um, is they not burst? a yeah, it's a run by the traditionally African American leadership side huh. of things. Well. So, so um, Huntsville changed. first, several Tennessee cities have it. Um, my church in Florence is Florence first, but I'm going to do some research here to see if we actually are. And if we're not, we're going to give up the name or I'm going to try to more move us to give up the name. We'll see. Okay. We almost changed our name uh, or I've heard about like 20 years ago to all nations, Seventh-day Adventist church, mm. uh, because we are very multicultural. But anyways, before, you know, I got cut off, let me tell you more about yeah. me. <laughs> Oops, sorry. He, and as Joe said that, he motioned towards Ruben. Yes. Just to be very clear. So, um, I also pastor the Bethel Haitian uh, church plant. Well, actually, it's not a church plant anymore. It's a company. And Amen. East Wake Fellowship. Uh, it's on the east side of Raleigh. And I pastor the Henderson, not Hendersonville, North Carolina, but Henderson. North Carolina SDA Church. 
It became a church prayer recently, didn't it? Not that one. No. And it was a different a, one. No, we did, we celebrated our mortgage burning. Oh. We paid off the bill. Hmm. Praise so, the Lord, ma'am. It was awesome. <laughs> and so, yeah, you have a lovely wife at home. Yes, I do. And, and a daughter who you miss. And a daughter that I really miss. We're mm. going through the process of potty training. Oops. So Bust all of your hearts. <laughs> Sorry, Jessica, for going away. All right. Well, speaking of poop, let's change the subject. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Uh, so today we we had that's Prince a good segue out to a, to a different yeah. <laughs> moment of clarity. I don't. I really don't feel like this is a poop conversation. So um, Joe was like, "Oh, we're going to talk about it." Surprised me. And so, if you don't like this topic, literally. you should literally be mad at me. Ruben didn't quite want to do it. <laughs> Hey, but. no, no, no. I, I want. <laughs> it's not that they, it's not that they want to do it. It's just probably I would want it, uh, a female also in our in our guest as well, like a fourth person, you know. And so, and I really believe in that—that that we shouldn't just just cover situations from a male perspective, especially those require involving gender. I uh, shouldn't. A bunch of white people shouldn't sit and talk about what's racist or not. Yep. But at the same time, um, here we are, three male pastors, and the Billy Graham rule is one to be used, uh, recommended to us. So For boundaries. For boundaries. Yeah. And so today's topic, we're going to be talking about boundaries in gender and ministry. Um, part of the Billy Graham rule is going to be a buzzword that may be involved here. And so let's just sit and define our terms for a moment. Um so, Joe, what is the Billy Graham rule? Oh, man. I don't even know what it is. I'll be honest. I was even sitting on that. Uh, See, this is Wikipedia. Seminar. Wikipedia is going to help you. But I was actually going to look it up. But oh. I'll tell you what I understand okay. yeah. from it. Then you can give us actual definition right. because I was a bad, bad pastor. All right. Uh, Billy Graham rule is uh, that rule of boundary where you avoid inappropriate... Um, just say interaction <laughs> oh boy with, let's let Ruben read this while he does that ahead. we were talking about this in an hr meeting or not hr meeting we were the hr director for south atlantic was discussing boundaries and mm-hmm. it was a really came heated up. uh conversation it, it was, got heated it was yeah my fault. it got heated we have a few um female pastors in the room as well and the presentation was going smoothly to a point but then it comes up because the issues arise with just having this clean cut rule. Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead. So, according to Wikipedia, the Billy Graham rule is a practice among some male evangelical Protestant leaders in which they avoid spending a time alone with women yeah. to whom they are not married. Oh, I didn't know to whom they are married. Yes. Okay, so if they're married, you can spend time with that. Well, oh, so it's a it's supposed to be a a display of integrity. It's supposed yes. to be a display of integrity and Billy Graham actually that it's called the Billy Graham rule. He didn't he didn't define it. He's just like that's something that he used to do every time at every moment. Yes. Yeah. A famous person, or at least that was presented in the presentation, Mike Pence is a perfect example of someone who follows that rule. As yeah. opposed to I Billy Graham's such a better example because I think with I Pence stop. you either love him or hate him. Right. I just gave an example of a modern person that everyone should know who he is okay yeah firm or didn't <laughs> yeah no endorse so no endorsement okay okay is 
should every Christian do this? Should every pastor do this? Is this completely necessary? You know, that's a good opening question. You know, what do you guys, what are your thoughts on this Billy Graham rule? Yes. What about you, Ruben? What do you think? My answer is yes. We should follow. No, the no, no. My answer is yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I appreciate the spirit and the reason why he chose to do that mm-hmm. and why other pastors follow that. Mm-hmm. I think we missed the mark going the other extreme. Hmm. Which so, is- so we have, it's just a pendulum you know, example. Uh, we can go one way to the left and as a reaction to avoid whatever said evil, mm-hmm. we go to the other side. Like so, we're about to go off the road on the left. And so we jerk the wheel, the wheel of the car hard, right. And then we end up on the other side. Exactly. So, so the left would be being in a position of compromise in which we either would be tempted to be in with the female or that female could be threatened mm-hmm. or, um, and perhaps is often too emphasis, too much emphasized as a, as the reason why, or that female could say, that time we were alone, something happened. And he can't deny that we weren't alone mm-hmm. and do a false accusation. So that protects you against those, but mm-hmm. the other ditch would be just outright not doing any ministry. Whoa. That's, that's where I or, see Or the closing pitch, doors, closing potential doors yeah. to, I mean. So, so for me, one of the, the, the things is that as as men of god right i'm i'm speaking to you know we're all three pastors here i think that we need to accept the reality that we do live in a sinful world we do that we can be falsely accused of whatever it may be but that shouldn't be a reason for us to alienate literally more than half of our church members Mm. because I'm afraid that she's going to accuse me. Um, And one of the, and if you're okay, I'll bring this one up. But one of the reasons why this conversation got heated in our meeting where this came up uh, just a couple hours ago was a statement that I've made Mm -hmm. uh, where, um, are you okay if I share? Let's let's go for it. I'm going to say, okay. (laughs) No bleep. Um, I made the statement uh, from my own personal experience where I said, all men are dogs. And I say that from the way that I see men who turn their heads, turn their eyes so they can look, they linger looking Mm. at a woman. And pastors even. Oh yes. I've seen that happen in our meetings with other (sighs) pastors wise, but I will not mention. But those things for me, is is dangerous because now because we have that and and i say that generally because i think as as men we all struggle with this um where we now feel our wickedness for lack of a better word Mm -hmm. and we actually begin to project that onto every single female that we have in our church. Mm. And now we begin to see them through our own wickedness. 
Mm. Or I, if I had the ability, I would do this. So maybe she wants to do the same to me. Oh. And I think that that is one of the my issues with this specific rule is because we're establishing and saying this is the way that women operate. When in reality, that's really the way that we operate out of out of our own nature, mm-hmm. our own carnal instinct. And and we probably want to regulate those things by, uh, like censoring this kind of uh, clothing or avoiding yes. this and that. And they say, hey, this woman, please don't wear this or don't do that or don't your nails or your toes or stuff like that. And yes. Wow. Absolutely. And I think that that's just, you know, um, so I preached rec- uh, recently, I mean, a year ago, a series on the Ten Commandments. I think every pastor either has or sh- will be or should be preaching a series on the Ten Commandments. And I got to the last one and I said, well, men. Hold on to your boots. Ladies, sit back and enjoy. Wow. And I just was very honest. I said, you see, the sin of coveting is a, is a sin of us strategizing a way to hurt someone. And that's what lust is all about. Mm-hmm. It's about me being so conniving and just sinister that I'm thinking of ways that I can do things to you. Hmm. And I'm now wanting that. Hmm. So when I'm talking to to my members, my men, I said, hey, when we're talking about coveting, you need to be careful where you lay your eyes. It's time to stop talking. Oh, sister, you should dress to so-and-so, whatever it is. We need to practice self-control because we get wild at times and and that is that's a dangerous place and many times we just place that burden on on our, our female mm-hmm. uh, members and they feel oppressed now let me let me make the other statement clear too i do believe that modesty should be practiced now modesty is very subjective you can say what mm-hmm. is no modesty for me it's just 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 be just dress you know don't if you have no intentions to insinuate or instigate anything, I believe that's modest, you know? Yeah. But that's and, just me. And that's at the eyes of the beholder, at the eyes of the person. Of that, course. Yeah. And just well, borrowing an Well, example. not, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm messing with you, Ruben. Go ahead. I blank. No. Um, yesterday, we also had a really interesting um, devotional regarding a uh, really well-known Bible character, which is David. Oh, and man. This, this has been like a, a really difficult thing, yeah. Joe yeah. just motioned that he, that message hit him to the heart. Yeah. Because uh, we we know that David was a, a man, uh, what, what is that? The man, after God's, after own, God's heart. own heart. And the title rapist usually does not uh, qualify him mm. when we talk about David. And the person, which uh, the speaker, which was actually really, really appropriate and really eye-opening experience, pretty much say David was a rapist. Straight up. Straight up. Yes. And he, of course, backed up his, uh, his statement with what the Bible says and mm-hmm. what power is and, and how positions of power or leadership can lead us to, even if may seem consensual, be at the end of the day, rape. Well, that's the thing, like Ellen White's, uh, one of our church's founders, comments lean towards this. Richard Davidson looks at 
Dr. Richard Davidson looks at the text and has for a while proclaimed this, yet we as a church um, have, Seventh-day Adventist Church, have really shifted away from this. And if we're going to do that for David, we're going to do that for our own. So there really is this huge issue of the fact that um, with this whole rule and these mentalities, the way it's been explained and with modesty explanations there's been so much emphasis on the danger of false accusing women and the danger of Mm -hmm. these women dressing this way, you know, there has been not enough emphasis and you're right. You know, Joe, I think um, there are instances where I've been in situations and I pray about now I'm thinking, you know, I think that was an impropriatist decision of this young, of of this particular woman in this particular situation to wear this particular shirt. Um, But that doesn't mean She's responsible for my sin. Exactly. Yeah. She's not. And I need that inward transformation. And it's not the role of women to make it easier for me not to sin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need Jesus's victory Amen. from my sin. And ultimately, um, the fact that it's like, well, I don't want to think about you lustfully. So you need to become bonded. Mm-hmm. Um but here, Maybe we need to bond our yeah. own. Yes, Jesus says, <laughs> if your eye causes you to sin, cover the sinful thing. He says, no, pluck your own eye out, yeah. right? And so there's even a hint of this. Yeah, but um, that, that sounds beautiful. That sounds beautiful. We read it in our Bibles. However, when it comes to quote-unquote practical and we see with our own eyes, it's easier to, to treat the situation by covering layers on the woman's other than actually things that are inside our minds. Mm-hmm. It's easier to say, hey, just put a, a longer skirt uh, instead of us saying, hey, you know, stop thinking that way. You know? Yes. It's easier to see that there's there's been a change by having a longer skirt yes. than actually showing that there's been a transformed heart in our, in, in our sight. Yeah. And women are not objects. They are human beings. And these human beings are more than bodies to be ogled in lust, right? But they're also more than liabilities. Yeah. I think that's what we're covering. Mm-hmm. And Billy Graham was a powerful preacher and a powerfully innovative individual who was working that more individuals would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and live a decade life to him. And he wanted to cross the, um, he wanted Catholics to be able to come to his meetings. He wanted all people of all races and backgrounds to come to his meetings. And the evangelist was a corrupt, had a corrupt reputation at his time. And so he was working to extra combat that mm-hmm. by being completely beyond reproach mm-hmm. and the involvement of women in ministry without his realization um, is, I believe inhibited by that Billy Graham rule because he would be able to give a one-on-one mentorship session with a young male minister. But guess what? Female minister, that rule is inhibited by that. And so we've said, we, and I, I follow the Billy Graham rule of my people. Yeah, but I the do spirit that. of it, right? The spirit of it? Or yeah, absolutely. What? For example, I have caught myself um, alone like a, there's a woman who's elderly. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't really apply the Billy Graham rule with elderly women. And I have a tendency to not think it necessary if I don't. And here's my gap. There have, there have been individuals who I'm not attracted to in any way. And so I didn't think to apply the rule to them. Mm-hmm. But guess what? 
I realized, wait a minute, just because I'm not attracted to them yeah, doesn't so mean that, they wouldn't that be to me. So yeah, so it's like okay, Oof. so to put it maybe a, an age, I was like, all right, is 65 and above <laughs> fine for Billy Graham rule? I mean, because there's another circumstance where I was um, going to. I wouldn't necessarily apply the rule for the car in my mind. Like I was going to with someone, uh, a lady at one point who's helped with a Bible study at some point in my ministry. Um, and we're going, she's like, Oh, you want to drive separate? I was like, I'm, I don't need that. I'm fine. And they had a child in the car with them. And I was like, your child's here. I'd... But you know, it's all about ultimately, I think instead of just focusing on, if objectification is a sin because it's lust, because there's covetousness, but I think it's also a detriment of that sin again is it's objectifying women. Mm-hmm. Make it you you're a body. No, she is a person made in God's image. And a person made in God's image also has a calling and also needs to be equipped and have their needs net needs met. I mean, an exception to the Bill Graham rule could be if she needs confidential or confidential um visitation. Um, no, I generally try to have a trustworthy female with me in the yeah. room, like my wife or a, um, a trusted female leader, but others have said, I found it judicious to have a room with a glass door yeah, mm-hmm. but- and have a trustworthy person outside that door. Um, you know, I think different inroads that help, that help line things up can be helpful. I've talked too much, guys. Yeah, but now, now Re- you, you say that's the exception of the rule, but my question mm-hmm. is, is it really exception of a rule? Like, or, what? Or up to... The, uh, you the say elderly you, lady rule? You, no, 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 no. You say, like, I've done this as an exception of the rule when there's need of privacy. But mm. at some point, it's like, there's no, there should not be exception of the rule if you actually are trying to follow the, the spirit of it. Mm. Uh, and, and not and not letter. And not a letter of it, you know? And, and by that, I feel we can move to the point of what is the spirit of it that we actually can draw uh, of it and, and that can be mm-hmm. helpful because I feel that uh, you see this at the beginning, Joe, you know, I like the spirit of it and what is the spirit of it that we can use as, as males or, mm-hmm. or females trying to deal with males as well? Mm-hmm. Well, for me, uh, so every church is kind of unique. Uh, at the Raleigh Church, it's the largest church in the city. Uh, we have a staff of three pastors. We have uh, an office manager so we have office hours in our church. So in that church, to do visits, it's not that hard because uh, since it's a fairly professional church, they like to set appointments. So they come and see us when we're in the office. And it's just another kind of business meeting-like. Uh, if you want it to be a little bit on the spiritual side, we'll just meet in the sanctuary and we'd kind of do the, they call it here the pew talk. Uh, so for me, that's what I actually kind of adopted for all my other churches is if I'm going to meet with someone, actually tell them, hey, let's go let's meet at the church and um, I'll just lead them, you know, I'll kind of signal what pew they should sit, kind of like invitingly, like, oh, yeah, sit here and I'll sit in the next row in front. Mm. And this is either for men or for women, for children, whoever it is. I apply this one just basically through for everyone. Mm. And I think that's where now getting into the spirit of the, the the rule would be just protect not yourself mm. but protect the other person mm. and that's a big key and and i think that's where we need to really talk about this because it's or maybe not here in this conversation but in our circles of influence talk about 
maybe not protecting ourselves, but mm-hmm. maybe protecting the other person from you. Yes. And I think these boundaries help, you know, it, it can, you know, oh, I'm, I'm a straight man or I'm a, whatever it may be. I don't, I don't care what orientation, that's a whole different do- to- topic to talk about, but let's keep the other person safe from us and our yes. sinfulness. That's, that's interesting because we may be following the, going about the spirit and the, and the letter, we may be following the letters of the Billy Graham rule. And at the same time in our minds, coveting. At the same time, in our minds, wanting to do something that is not appropriate, but we just are bound by the letters <laughs> of the Billy Graham rule, you know? Mm. And for the most part, most companies, HRs, when they do those kind of trainings, they're trying to protect lawsuits. Yeah. And they're, they're trying to protect the, the companies more act, more actually than being proactive and just generate a better, well, I wouldn't say most, I'd say some. Yeah. Some. And I'm not going to generalize, but. The same thing we, we could apply at church. That that's was really a big moment of clarity. Yeah. Mm. Ma'am. So I think probably have time for a last word each. Yeah. Um what do you think, Ruben? Yeah, my word is intentionality. I guess we, we mm. need to I keep I need to keep myself grounded. Mm-hmm. I know my own temptations, my own struggles. And the moment that I feel that I got it all together and i i know and i don't need help that probably may be the the moment that i need help the most mm. and in this situation i try to be really careful as a pastor uh and for now on i guess I, i'll have to just not put exceptions to the rule but actually try to put a, a right spirit for the whole for the whole rule mm. which actually more than a rule is a way to to deal with people, relationships, healthy relationships, and not to protect myself just for the mm-hmm. sake of my image, mm-hmm. but to actually open myself in a, in a way that I can trust, but at the same time respecting where where my my freedom ends and the freedom of the other person starts. And just it is a really hard task. It's just like there are so many tensions going around, give and take, and and be wise where to stop, where to push, and and yeah, I just. Pray that I will never have to be in the situation where I need to protect myself and just for the sake of myself, mm-hmm. you know. And and that's my my moment of clarity, I guess. Wow. I think too, as transformed Christians who are seeking deeper trans- transformation, part of that transformation and accountability is setting up boundaries and rules. Not because we're weak, but because we are seeking to be strong. Mm-hmm. And this part of that strong thing is setting up these structures so that weakness will shine forth. And those who would put off these boundaries <clears throat> would only be the ones who would try to cross them. We need to set up a system that protects the weak. And that's part of our calling. <coughs> Sorry, my throat got real dry. Part of our calling is pastors. And any individual who's working for justice in these days should always seek to hear from those who would um, be hurt by a potential structure or a lack of structure and set it up not to make your life easier, but to better help um, those who are weak. And Joe, you are our guest today. What's your last word on the topic? Uh I think the word will be check yourself. Mm. Um, 
I think um, we may need to shift the conversations and our habits more from how can I save myself mm. to how can I save someone else from me and my sinfulness. Mm. So I think it's just, yeah, just check yourself. Wow. That was a really necessary conversation, I guess. And I really appreciate you, Joel, uh, coming here. Thank you. Well, Thank you. you. You were already here, so. Yeah. <laughs> and we're right now actually going to get some lunch, grab some lunch and... I think we call it dinner here. Oh, yeah. Dinner. We call it dinner in the U.S. When it's six, eight, yeah, it's true. It's dinner. I love you, Ruben. <laughs> Sorry, bro. No clarity there. No clarity there. But, <laughs> hey, guys, I really appreciate you listening. Uh, you can always connect to us. Rich, how can our listeners connect to us? We're at Twitter at clarity underscore podcasts and fb.com forward slash clarity. Yes. Please, guys, uh, rate, review us share uh to your friends and your favorite podcatcher and we want to listen for, uh, hear from you also uh we have uh, do not forget yes ladies and gentlemen we are recording this now and at the end of november whether it's attached to this podcast or not we will reveal who's the winner of a gift card that will be there will be a random drawing so how can you get a 25 dollar gift card to amazon well, you will have to rate and review us. It doesn't matter if it's a five star or 4.5. We'll take them. If uh, it's a three star, forget about it. No, no. You, you, any, just just be honest. Be be honest with us. Uh, no matter the star rating, if you rate and yes. review, you'll be part of the drawing. Yes. We need to know who it is, uh, the one that is rating. So actually, we need a review. And that's going to show your username. And we'll be able to reach you if you win the raffle. We will. Yes, we will. Ruben says we will. I trust him. Hey, Joe, is there a way people can follow you on social media or see what you're about? Are you willing to share that with our people? I'm not connected to anything. <laughs> <laughs> you're connected to Skyping your, I, your, your kid, your FaceTiming your family. That's beautiful. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what I do. Uh, Twitter, but you know, I don't know. I oh. kind of weird. Look, look, I even have to like, not look at my, my handle. I don't even know. Oh yeah. And now I remember what it is. It's at Joe underscore Pieretti P. I-E-R-E-P-E-I. You can just add it to the, the show um, notes. Yeah, show notes. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure, I will. I love, I love and to And after that, you'll have like a wave of new followers. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. All right. Well, hey. <laughs> hey, guys. Thank you uh, for giving us the opportunity of being part of your life for this episode. Stay tuned for more. I'm Ruben. And I'm Rich. And this was Clarity.